Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Phase Zero, episode 36. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. I'm your host, Jenna Anderson. Our Brandon Davis is on vacation this week, so... Get rid of that bum. We got rid of him. (laughs) (laughs) He he did just hop on and offer to do the tweet. Like, he's still trying to help, even when he's on vacation. So we we love him for it. But yeah, we're giving him a little break this week. I'm I'm running the boat, so to speak, and I'm very excited to do so. Um, I'm joined by Jim Viscardi. Sup? Aaron Perrine. What's up, everybody? And Jamie Jarak. Good morning. Yay. So we have a lot to talk about. We have two episodes of What If to Break Down since we didn't talk about episode five last week because we were busy. Um, we have the Hawkeye trailer and all of the reactions and stuff to come out of that and some MCU news and just general Marvel news. So we have a lot to break down. But before we get started, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to our Simu Liu and Dustin Daniel Cretton interview episode last week. Um, just seeing the Twitch numbers were insane, like both the amount of people that watched live and the amount of people that watched like in the first day or so. Like it, it was just incredible incredible that that many people were jazzed about the interview and engaging with it and all all of your very nice comments on social media we've been seeing them and we appreciate them so thank you so much to everybody um but yeah we have a lot of news this week just to start things off we got the first trailer for hawkeye on monday um i am still just so happy that we even got it it's it's just so amazing so let's go around the horn and kind of share our reactions jamie is very excited i know she's super <laughs> hyped to talk about the trailer you guys i'm gonna be honest the whole concept of the hawkeye show i was like i don't care even with like Haley and Florence, I was like, whatever. But my favorite movie is Die Hard. Uh, there, there is nothing I love more than action at Christmas time. Um, I love Ben Returns. I love Shazam. I love Iron Man 3. Give it to me so hard. Like literally that's all I need is knowing that this takes place at Christmas is like I am so freaking stoked. I'm also a huge musical fan. So did the idea that like Rogers the musical, are you kidding me? Like I can't believe how I went like my 180 of excitement for the show from this trailer is amazing. I think it's like maybe my favorite trailer Marvel has ever done that's awesome jim what about you when that music kicks in it really just goes to a whole nother level like it really just because you get like the first part of that trailer is your fairly boring generic like marvel marvel studios production or whatever then that christmas music kicks in and you were just like i am in for it uh it's look it's really interesting i think there were a lot of different ways for them to go with this and i like that we have now more so an official Christmas like thing from Marvel studios, as opposed to like the unofficial, but maybe official Iron Man three of it all. Um, But like, there's a ton in this trailer that you can almost pull directly from a lot of the comics, which is actually really cool. It feels like one of the more uh, faithfully adapted kind of things in that front. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but uh, I, I wasn't expecting it. And like J- uh, Jamie said, right? Like, look, I, I think Hawkeye uh, as, as an Avenger is, um, is underrated. I think he is the heart and soul of that team, but, but let's be real here. Like he hasn't really been given much to do. And, and like now, now's the, the chance, but to see, to me, Hawkeye always works best when he's got someone to work with, right? Like I think in, um, you know, just like in, like in Age of Ultron, and like the, you know, some of that stuff. I think that's where Hawkeye really shines. And I think now that you're getting someone like a Kate Bishop for for Clint to play against is really cool. And so I think like this is really going to be. I think it's going to surprise everyone on on how much they are are going to enjoy it, and I'm in for it. I love that, Aaron. What about you? Um, it only seems right that the Marvel, like, I guess, deepening backstory project, which has been these Disney Plus shows, would extend to Clint. Um, I remember reading that Hawkeye run the Fraction run a long, long time ago. So I don't have it as, like, I was looking through Marvel Unlimited a couple of days ago trying to reread it in preparation. But it does, like, Jim's right, like, it does look a lot like it leaning heavily on the source material. But 
I, I just enjoy that, you know, all these shows, even when I'm not like super excited about the characters, when they announced it, I was like, we really going to do Hawkeye first before <laughs> some of the other things that we could possibly do. But by the time the music kicked in the trailer, I'm all the way in, you know, I, I'm laughing at like, you know, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Also, the the household is very big on Christmas, so I'm pretty sure that the other person that lives in this house is going to be like, oh, this is going to be my favorite. As soon as it got to the song, she's like, oh my God, give it to me again. I'm like, okay, we're all the way in. <laughs> I love it. I feel that. It's like, I, I was, it's still 90 degrees here. It still feels like summer, but like after that trailer, I'm now in like a Christmas mindset. I've like been planning out Christmas gifts and stuff because it's just, it's so festive. But I, I agree. I love this trailer so much. I think the, like the fraction and David Aha Hawkeye run is one of the best things I've ever read in comics. And it's certainly in like modern comics of the past 10, 15 years. And so it is so surreal to get to see that realized in live action. It's one of those things that like Tumblr and and everybody online has wanted to see forever, but I don't think we ever thought it was really going to happen. So it's just so cool to get to see this like actually happen and have all of these weird elements to it too. The one thing I did want to bring up with like the Christmas vibes, and I know there's like the diehard influence of it all. Do y'all think Clint got a divorce? Because he definitely has like big divorce dad energy. And like the fact that Linda Cardellini is not there, I'm kind of like, hmm, what are we doing here? I originally thought that, like, I think I said that like months ago based on what the footage we had seen, but he does make a comment that he's, coming home for Christmas. So I feel yeah. like maybe he's just working in New York. Mm -hmm. um, but but I want to see Linda. I don't care if she left his ass or not. I just want to see her face on the screen. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, the... The it, it makes it seem like he he's calling you know there's that one moment where he's calling home where he's like hold on a second babe and he and then it, I mean obviously it's I, you, very clear that it's not the same thing but like he does that and then there's the shot of him throwing the Molotov cocktail back out the window um, but like that like so so I, I don't think so mm -hmm. uh, but I mean I I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it past them um, <laughs> it you know it would definitely uh, add to the dynamic I guess yeah it, it fits the vibe of the show definitely. Isn't this all just a fan response to his haircut and the tattoos from Endgame? <laughs> I think that all exactly. of the signifiers of him buying a motorcycle or a really old Camaro and then fixing it up all give off this very you're recently divorced like mm -hmm. vibe. But yeah, I think that like if they were going to do that, wouldn't they have had his wife live through the snap or something? Uh, and yeah. him be the one that was gone and then yeah. she remarries while he's away. See, I was thinking of it of like, I could see the wife and kids being like, you became an assassin and like murdered a bunch of people because we left for five years. And that's kind of problematic. And so maybe we're going to get a divorce out of that. Like that was kind of my thing. <laughs> but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So um, I did want to talk about Kate Bishop. I She's a character I've wanted to see in live action for forever. And I know I'm definitely not alone in that regard. What did everyone think of her debut? Because I think it's just so, so fun. And I'm so excited to see Haley play this character there isn't more picture perfect casting I think for this right I think it's one of those things like that's one of those things that Marvel just gets right more often than they don't and I think she's got the I think she's got the energy for it I think she's got the the attitude for it I think she, and I like just just all of it right and so I think like yeah I, I, I want more which is a great sign for a trailer I agree completely. Um, and then, as, as Jim mentioned before, there are so many references to the Matt Fraction and David Ahav run. There's the tracksuit mafia. We don't necessarily see them, but we see their their van, which is like bro movers or something along those lines. Yeah. I am I am so excited for like the, the bro bro back and forth from the comics to be realized in live action because that is just something that is endlessly funny. Um, and then we have Lucky the Pizza Dog, who briefly appears in the trailer and I know is going to just be a scene stealer. Like, I am so excited to see Lucky. And then and um, I know there's been speculation online that Clint might have his hearing aids because I know some people think it might be like a comms device, but it definitely does look like it could be a hearing aid. So what do we all think about that? Because I know Clint being hard of hearing and deaf in the comics is a huge thing in and of itself, too. I mean, as as someone who uh, is, you know, a, a big stand of the movie Coda this year and being, a, you know, having deaf parents myself and whatever, like that's it's a it's a. A, such a small gesture that can go such a long way right like and and so 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 i hope that like those are those are the hearing aids it'll be really interesting to see how all of that doesn't 
uh, or, or how that just comes into play because they haven't really touched on it before. And so now if they, you know, are really touching into it, I'm curious to see if it's, is it just something that has, has happened or it's degenerative or, or whatever. But like, I think it, but, but we know Echo is going to be, going to be in it and we know she, she is deaf as well. And so to see how some of that plays, and like I said, the sign language aspect of it all is such a huge part in the comics. And it's one of those things that, you know, David Aja does so masterfully, um, yeah, in there that, that I, I would hope that we see that. And I think that's a, a really um, just cool, cool aspect to um, to do. I, it, it's interesting because I heard somebody online bring up the fact that he was like in the middle of that explosion at the Avengers ca- like compound oh. during a game. He's like the only one not in a suit. Mm-hmm. So maybe the adrenaline from like literally fighting for your life and for the universe like was fine. And then like, you know, a week later, he's like, wait a second. I can't hear like like an archer when he gets tinnitus and he doesn't realize what it's go- what's going on. I feel like maybe they'll explain it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, I think that you know having forever battle scars from that from the end of Endgame makes sense. I mean, right now we really besides the dead people, we only have you know Hulk's arm, and I think that like you know there's some damage that was done in that mm-hmm. battle war. <laughs> but how adorable was Lucky? Lucky is the best. I I am so ready for all of the Lucky the Pizza Dog merchandise. Like that is just going to be the the Lucky and Kate merchandise is just going to bankrupt me, and it's just I'm going to be so happy about it. I also we we need to talk about Rogers the musical because yep. that is such an inspired thing to throw into this trailer. Like I was not prepared for that kind of world building, but it makes perfect sense, and it is so silly. And like if we do not get a Disney Plus special that is the entirety of that musical, I'm going to be very disappointed. Like if that if that is not an event. Avengers campus at a certain point, then like this is all just for not because that just seems perfect. Oh, that's like, such a good idea. And I, or did you know that like all those people, they're actual Broadway stars mm-hmm. that are in that clip, which I think oh, is that's really, really exciting. Cool. Yeah. So like if they're casting real Broadway stars, give us like one song. Just give yeah. us, you know, something right. like uh, give us uh, so we can be nominated for, you know, an Emmy for best song, <laughs> anything. Uh, I, but man, I just, uh, I just, this just sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to say, like, all that's like, you know, I was talking about this in the past where I just like every genre Marvel hits and musical is one that like I give us, give me any kind of sliver of musical. I mean, yeah, I'd love a whole movie musical, but I don't think we're ever going to get that. <laughs> I just love that this feels like this it, the, from the trailer feels like the most New York of a show mm-hmm. that uh, that like we're, we're getting from from Marvel just between, you know, the the Broadway stuff and, you know, it, just, just all of it. Everyone like, all right, I can I can get behind this um it's funny because like was it brie larson and tessa thompson like two years ago were at a panel and they were talking about like a disney musical like like a adventure oh, musical, and yeah. they wanted they really wanted it and like monkey's paw curls <laughs> as it's like an <laughs> easter egg thing instead of like a full project but i could totally see if people freak out about it enough that'll end up on disney plus oh, like 100 percent <laughs> I also just love like the lore that we're getting about how the public perceives Steve Rogers of like Tony <laughs> literally snapped himself and like died and, and saved the entire universe. And yet we have like conspiracy theories about Steve being on the moon and we have musicals <laughs> in his honor. And I just love seeing like, even though Chris Evans isn't here, Steve Rogers is still this huge part of it. Like, I just find that so fun. Um, Jamie, do you want to talk about WandaVision? Cause I know we're already kind of at Emmy winning with WandaVision. Speaking of Emmys, we had the creative arts Emmys and, uh, our one vision has already won uh, three, I believe. We got outstanding production design, outstanding costumes, and of course, outstanding original music and lyrics for Agatha Allog. Agatha Allog is an Emmy winner. I think that is just beautiful. Uh, so, but the the official big Emmys are on Sunday. Do, what do we think? Do we think WandaVision is gonna is gonna sweep like like um, Watchmen did last year? Do we think or because it's it's a tough year in limited series. We've got um, Queen's Gambit. We've got May I Destroy You, um, Mayor of Easttown. It's like a big one. But I, you know, I, I'm trying not to like I'm trying to mentally prepare if Elizabeth Olsen doesn't win. But I think she should. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what do you guys I, think? I, I think it's it, it's weird because yes, WandaVision got like praise, right? But it didn't get like the critical appraise that Queen's Gambit did or Mayor of Easttown did, right? Like those feel like the safe criticy choices, but not necessarily like what the mass audience, you know, probably would have picked. Um, so it'll be interesting to see 
how this rolls out because I, I like that's one of the biggest issues that people have with award shows, right? Like outside of, you know, maybe the People's Choice Award, like no one feels like they feel as connected to what wins awards and and what doesn't. And I mean, clearly, WandaVision was a, a, a massive success, and so, uh, but that doesn't necessarily always mean awards. Like I want it to. I think I think if not for anything else, I think Elizabeth Olsen should win in that category because she it, she just knocked it straight out of the park you know compared to um everyone compared to everyone else but i think i think everywhere else it may be a bit more of a struggle for the disney plus show yeah i agree i think it's this thing where it still is so surreal having genre television like be counted in the emmys in this capacity of like mm-hmm. when we're in this world where it's the mandalorian and wandavision and the boys and stuff all being like kind of seen in this official emmy capacity it's just very weird to see so like not to be all like oh it's an honor to be nominated but i feel like the fact that they're even included in these categories is so cool even if they don't win because like i i can absolutely see like queen's gambit winning like that was one of my favorite shows of, of the past year and i think it, it it could win in a normal year. I think that category is so stacked that I honestly don't know at this point, but it still is just cool to have WandaVision be part of the conversation. And now it's like, well, what Disney Plus shows that we get are going to be nominated next year? Like now we've set this precedent and I'm curious to see like where that goes like two, three years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim, do you want to talk about Eternals? Because we have so, some Eternals updates. Yep. So thanks to the the nice financial success of uh, Shang-Chi, which absolutely dominated in theaters, Disney said, OK, all right, Eternals, you're going to get your theatrical run. And uh, with its uh, with its 45 day PVOD when PVOD window. And I like that's a that's a great sign. Right. Like it so much so that like it, it had a bit of a cascade of an effect. Right. The Venom moved, uh, moved its release date up. Uh, Eternals was going to remain uh, in in theaters. Clearly, there is an appetite uh, for for this stuff, for people going to theaters. Um, I mean, look, I saw the Eternals trailer in front of Shang-Chi. And when they get, get to that shot of the Celestial just uh, hanging out there like that is. That is only a moment and an experience that you can get in a movie theater. Now, obviously, you know, it, it, safety first, if you don't feel comfortable, whatever, uh, you know, of course. But there is there is something special about things like that. And, you know, and I think that is one of those things where, you know, it's it's you know, if you're going to get the opportunity to see it in the theater, uh, then you know, I think, you know, we're going to be in for for a treat. And who doesn't love being able to you know have that shared theater experience, too? Right. That's just that's the one biggest piece that's missing from um, especially when none of these freaking streaming services put out new episodes of anything at a ease at a decent time. Mm, like so you don't mad. get the, the, that, the that shared ex- right experience so much. There's that. There's there's not there's not that shared experience, and you need to have that shared experience for this. And so that's uh, I'm like I said, I'm ready to see my uh, my big tall boys uh, on on the big screen. Jamie, Aaron, what do y'all think? Well, um, I'm just happy that Shang-Chi did so well that nothing's going to get delayed. <laughs> like that's that was the main thing for me. I'm like, oh, God, even though I know like it's still a sketchy for some people like to go. I'm like, also, I don't want all this stuff to keep getting pushed. If for nothing else that I've written so many, <laughs> this has gotten pushed to 2021. This has gotten pushed to 2022 things in the last eight months that I'm like, I'd, I'd be cool never having to do that again. Rip Clifford. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what it's going to be because it is a different experience too. Because then the theater was enjoying the heck out of Shang Chi, so any of these big features are going to play super well in like a big room, and hopefully, you know, we can get some movement so that it's not quite so precarious to go to the theater in yep. like person. Because I had people back in Ohio renting out theaters so that they could go see Shang Chi mm-hmm. just because they didn't feel like dealing with the nonsense. But not everybody has the cash to rent out a whole theater to go watch a Marvel movie with like their immediate friend group. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the big question, right? Like is the theater experience only going to be reserved for blockbusters? And I hope that's not mm-hmm. the case. Um, oh, God, I'll be so it's, sad. I know, yeah. but, it's, but, but right now that, I mean that, like that is the, that is the case and, but probably by, you know, by proxy and necessity, but, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah. I do think like Venom 
and and its box office performance will be kind of an interesting like a middle point too because I agree it's like I'm so happy that Shang-Chi did so well at the box office but I do feel like it'll be interesting to see like how people's comfort level going to a theater kind of evolves over time and whether or not Venom can kind of keep that momentum too so right. it'll, it'll just be inter- like I'm happy that Eternals is there oh yeah it, it also helped that Shang-Chi was also a very good movie right yeah, yeah that's also <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm surprised you as like the number one Venom stan over here is like insinuating that I, Venom might not be look, a good movie I understand the kind of movie Venom is mm-hmm. okay and I can appreciate that and be number one Venom stan while also we're, we're realizing that you know the movie is what are the movie those movies are, are on they the are. same page that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, that movie, but I get it I get it I feel that I've been to since I got vaccinated I've been in the movies at least 30 times it's all I do and wow. uh, so I just don't take this away from me world it's all I have oh it's going to the movies <laughs> well and what I will say with Eternals I do like like the 45 day window if I remember correctly like lets it out on Disney plus around Christmas time which I think is nice too because if, if you're somebody who doesn't feel comfortable and is willing to wait for those 45 days like you can kind of gather the family around on Christmas and watch Eternals at home so I think it's kind of nice to have that sort of choice while still like having the theater experience be a thing so um, Aaron do you want to talk about the big video game news of the week I do want to touch on it a little bit just because it was so cool sure uh, so PlayStation had one of their showcases uh, earlier like recently and I, I want to say was it was it what was it last week last it was this couple it was last yeah. week okay well, it was last week I know it was, last it, was like Thursday. it was yep. literally Thursday and I was I was in I was thinking we got first day back and that was exactly <laughs> when I was getting off and we're all sitting around the twitch stream just waiting because we think Spider-Man 2 is coming. We think Spider-Man 2 is coming. And then instead of Spider-Man 2, we all get Wolverine. And the internet loses their minds as a collective. All of us do. Because I'm like, oh, wow. I did not expect them to just, you know, go for it. But shout out to Insomniac for putting out bangers, bangers. One of the one or two games on the PS uh, PS5 that I'm like, yeah, this was worth trying to buy this thing and playing it that like ratchet and clank um but yeah we're getting wolverine uh shout out to evan narcisse for writing credits on both that and spider-man 2 we're getting more miles and peter with venom and then of course everybody immediately starts doing the haha oh no i'm in danger for uh, poor miles's mama <laughs> um it's it's gonna be an interesting thing and the news that these are all operating in a big insomniac shared universe for all the marvel characters so then immediately after getting fed the way we did their attention turns to well what are they gonna make next are we just gonna get like a big avenger style too and i'm just like man at the rate they're making these games are still just giving the middle finger to square enix being like yeah (laughs) we we see your little avengers game I know. I'm just like yeah. out like we are in this like golden age of Marvel gaming, like in terms of just titles of like Guardians of the Galaxy, Midnight Suns, and then now Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. It's like I love the fact that we are getting so many like wildly different Marvel games in in these kind of fully realized way. Like not to dunk on Avengers entirely. It does kind of deserve a little bit of dunking, but um <laughs> that's sure. neither here nor there. Um but yeah, <laughs> I am like I am hyped for Spider-Man. I'm hyped for Wolverine. I was like working while that live stream was on, so I missed the Marvel logo. And so I see this dude at a bar and I'm like, that looks like Wolverine. He has scars on his like on his knuckles. That must be Wolverine. And then the claws come out and I was like, oh, my God. So I I think it's just so cool that we have so many different Marvel games in the pipeline. I think that's just something that's really fun. Um, and then we, I mean, we also got to yeah. shout out Tony Todd doing the voice of Venom. In oh, Spider-Man I know. Too, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Jamie was like, Jamie, yeah. Jamie, we have Jamie's attention now. That's great. <laughs> I, um, I own a PS2. Like, I literally uh, play. I <laughs> feel <laughs> So I hear Tony John. I'm like, oh, I know this. I can be in this conversation. That's awesome. Um, and then one more thing I want to talk about before we cut to commercial break. Another thing that happened on like Wednesday, Thursday was we got the best look yet at the New Warriors show, which almost happened on Freeform and then was canceled. Um, Kevin Beagle, who was the creator and kind of showrunner of the project, went to Twitter and kind of shared a lot of new updates regarding the project. He shared like what the Squirrel Girl costume looked like, what the practical effects looked like for Tippy Toe, her Squirrel sidekick, and then just kind of all these little nuggets of what the show was going to entail. Um, and I just want 
wanted to mention that, like if you if you have the ability and you can probably find the tweets still online, um, even though I know they've been deleted in certain places. Um, I just wanted to bring that up and kind of get people's reactions. If if you're like me, we're also excited for the new Warrior show because I I'm still heartbroken that that show never got to happen because it just looked like so much fun. With the way that all the tonal shifts have been going on with the Disney Plus shows, it would have been really, really freaking cool for them to make that, wouldn't it? It would have been really awesome. I, I woke up to the tweets after the fact. He already blamed Ryan Reynolds for leaking them. And I was just like, we could have really had that. And it just it just sucks that some of these shows don't get the chance. I know that a lot me and Adam Barr always joke around about poor Ghost Rider Poor Cloak and Dagger, <laughs> uh, you know, Runaways, Ectic, just getting all, just getting their heads chopped off ceremoniously when everything unified over at Disney. But maybe, you know, nothing is ever dead on the internet. If people want it badly enough, we might still be able to get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. robbed with that Ghost Rider show. That Ghost Rider show oh. would have been really good. I know. No, I'm livid about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I am just so like new warriors is a thing that I feel like now more than ever we could use it. So if there is ever a way, like, I mean, Deadpool, we got Deadpool out of like footage leaking and then catching on as a thing. So it's like, you never know what's going to happen, but it would be cool if something did happen. So Jim, were you going to add something? No, that was, I mean, that was, I, it was just one of those things where I feel like Kevin Beagle will do very like randomly like go off on these. I miss new mutants kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't tell if like he's on like a bender or something. And just like, it's just like, look at these internet. And then he pulled them all down. And it's just like, I'm like, what? But Kevin, give me go. What are you, what are you doing? Like, I want to see the show, but like, come on, man. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was definitely a surprising thing to see after years of wanting this show and like hearing about it. It was like, Oh my gosh, that's what this girl girl costume looks like. This is so cool. So, um, all right, well, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to break down the past two weeks of what if, since we weren't able to last week. So stay tuned and we'll talk about that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Day zero, episode 36. We are back and we are going to do a full breakdown of episode five and episode six of What If, since we didn't get to talk about episode five last week, given our big Shang-Chi interview. Um, So yeah, we're talking about both the Marvel Zombies episode and this week's Killmonger and Iron Man episode. Um, So full spoilers from this point out. So if you haven't seen either, you have been warned. Um, So just to kind of go around, I was curious of everybody's reactions and thoughts to both episodes, because I know they're so wildly different, but it's just been interesting to see the response to both. Why is this show so bleak? <laughs> it's, it's so bleak. We're six episodes in and it's still there there is zero there are zero happy endings. Like I don't I I, I don't like I can't tell if I am just being too sensitive or what about it. But it is just like it, <sighs> I, there, there are so there are aspects of of all of these episodes that I love that I feel are so um, inspired that get almost immediately railroaded by uh, just like weird like just weird decisions and and whatever like and we'll talk about when we get to to episode six but it, but like episode five the zombies ending it just ends. Like, there's no, like, Thanos is there holding the glove without the Mind Stone. Like, okay. Like, where where are we going after that? Like, what? I don't. 
what's going on there? Um, the the zombie episode, I thought, uh, I I like the episodes that are not necessarily like straight up rehashes of like Marvel films, right? And so, um, but it just felt like this episode in particular just kept repeating kind of the same zombie tropes, like in like four segments basically. And so, uh, and so like, yeah, there were some cool character moments. Uh, and man, did Paul Rudd totally crush what they, the material they gave him, but that was, but had that been anybody else, it would have been absolutely terrible. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm so conflicted about this show. There are things that I really love about it. And then there are just things that I just, just leave me scratching my head. Aaron, what about you? Uh, I tried to go back in my brain quickly and think about if Jim was right. And it, 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 it is not, it is not glowing. It is very, very, it is a high body count and no what if that I had not thought about until just now. Um, I think that it is interesting that there, that it seems like we're getting more and more sprawling out. Like, just like we said about the second and third episodes and it like, de- like deviating from the narrative of these movies. Like, you know, like they start out in one place where it, it clearly starts in one of the phase one projects or something and then completely veers away from that. Uh, this one for, for Marvel zombies seems like it like kind of does that, but it's almost like its own thing as someone who probably what like probably was like around the time when I was heaviest into comics around Marvel zombies. It's just kind of funny to see it be a thing yeah. and this be the <laughs> avenue of how it becomes a thing. And then to get a report yesterday that they're thinking about making a live action version. And I was like, this is something people nerds were screaming about on the internet back like, Oh nine. Like what it was a time warp. What, how do we get back here? Um, I mean, I mean, I respect the whole like train to Busan esque elements of, uh, of the, the episode. Uh, but yeah, but like you were saying, like, you know, it's, we got, we got Marvel zombies. Is this the way that we wanted them? <laughs> Amy, what about you? You know, overall, this show really isn't for me. I, I think it just uh, going from live action to animated with characters is uh, I love has always been really jarring to me. And just like action animation isn't really for me. I prefer more of a comedy or uh, cute kind of animated. But I love the concepts. And I like how dark it is. I like that they're just like, we're going to kill them and we're going to kill them. It's like, <laughs> dang, they're really going for it. But I'm not a zombie person. I've never liked zombie stuff. Although I will agree that Train to Bazan is a great film. But um, but I will say I'm like watching that episode and I'm like oh zombies why didn't they t- okay uh, <laughs> uh, wasp gets bit and they already know what happens when Avengers get bit take the costume off just, of her. <laughs> <laughs> why are you letting her become yeah. a zombie well she's wearing you know what's gonna put happen the, put the bullet right here mm-hmm. like you've all seen zombie movies. <laughs> Uh, but I will say, when Zombie Wanda, sh- Wanda showed up, you you guys know, obviously, I was like, yes, give me Zombie Wanda. And I love that uh, poor vision. We had to watch him die again. But I but I do like Three this. times oh, this year. I know. I know. Um, uh, so that was all a lot. But uh, but I did not like the, the way it ended on Thanos. Because even though they, it was like the darkest situation in terms of zombies, it was kind of the lightest episode. They made it kind of, you know, Shaun of the Dead-y comedy zombie. And so I didn't like that they ended it on that shot of zombie Thanos. I would have preferred a little more hope for that specific episode, but for everything else, (laughs) yeah, kill them all. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I, this was definitely like my favorite episode of the season thus far. Like I think that the, the, the humor and the, the levity in such a dark universe was really just kind of interesting to see. And I think the novelty of seeing all of these characters who haven't really interacted together in, in this group that is trying to survive was kind of cool. It was like I could just watch like Bucky and Peter and Hope and Sharon Carter and Happy. Like I could watch all of them just continue on for as long as humanly possible, which then made all of them getting picked off so much more depressing. But like the violence was really surprising. Like they got way like this was like the boys level of violence at certain points in a way that I'm like, wow, yeah, you could not really do this in live action. Like you kind of had to go this far in animation of like when when Steve zombie Steve gets like cut in half by the shield. It was like. I, I can still hear that. Like <laughs> I that, know. just like slosh into the thumps. Two thumps is just like, 
Like we all were here six months ago being like, oh my God, John Walker used the shield for this like horrible thing. And then it's like six months, it's like animation, just like hold my beer. It's like, this is going to get so much worse. So, but I, I liked the execution of it. I think that they, they made it into a story that wasn't necessarily tied to a certain MCU thing. And it was just kind of cool seeing all of these characters navigate together. I do want to acknowledge the fact though, that this is the second episode thus far where Hank Pym has screwed up a universe. Like he is just, I, I like it because Hank Pym in the comics is such a complicated and not necessarily great character at certain moments. So I like the fact that he's now responsible for two universes being completely ruined. Like that yeah. part's just crazy. Also, isn't it weird? Like they're seeding all sorts of weird little stuff. Like I think that that's a really important part of this whole thing, Jenna. It's like it's, he's like the common denominator in everybody's problems. But mm-hmm. also they're seeding other weird like multiverse stuff. Like isn't this the first time we ever hear Uncle Na- Uncle Ben's name spoken ever? Mm-hmm. I see the comments pointing it out. Like yep. is, I was just like, we're just do just here <laughs> in what if? Sure, why not? <laughs> Fine, sounds great. Um, and then, you know, just like time travel is kind of precarious. You guys keep that in mind or like universe hopping is kind of precarious. Keep that in mind. I was like, what's going to happen? Like what, why are we doing this? Cause we see that like little Peter, like lighthearted Avengers campus, Peter is supposed to survive and come back somehow. And I'm wondering, I'm like, Thanos at the end, like Jamie said, it seems like there wouldn't be a way out for him, but apparently somehow, I don't know how they're supposed to see him again. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes goes going forward because, you know, even though it ends really darkly, like we get to see a lot of these characters again at the end of the season somehow. Well, I think also too, like the the fact that they like the zombie virus was created, you know, in the quantum realm. I think is is a, is a fascinating kind of um, mm-hmm. thing to play with, and I wonder if like if if that is something that they bring over, like they, it's totally possible. It makes a ton of sense that like it wouldn't necessarily. Like the only reason that that timeline happened is only because like because Janet was the one who who brought it back, and so like is that a thing that exists in the quantum realm that like could be a you know a menace that is then unleashed, which like which again it like gives a little bit of credence to Mark Millar being like oh we're gonna get Marvel zombies in the the MCU like I don't I don't think we're gonna get like a Marvel zombie standalone thing, but it's definitely something that I can I can see us seeing because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, because I did want to bring up like Mark Millar's comments of because he he had said I think yesterday he was like if my sources are correct a little live action Marvel zombies further down the line but you've never heard that from me I necessarily am in the camp of I think it will just be in another movie like it, I think it could be a thing that is in Multiverse of Madness or some other like larger ensemble because yeah I can't especially after this episode basically boiled down what Marvel zombies is in the comics I can't see them then making a standalone movie out of it but what do you all think? What what probably happened was Mark Millar created the idea of Marvel Zombies in Ultimate Fantastic Four 22 and 23, right? And so if the Marvel Zombies are getting used somewhere, anywhere, there's a chance Mark's getting a check. Mm-hmm. And so Mark may have gotten a check in the mail and, and in his you know, thing. It just was listed for Marvel zombies. And look, it could have just been for what if, like they may just not have like given him that check until the episode came out. And so, um, you know, so it, it could be, it could be that it could be, you know, he's got, he's got a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Mark is always one to, uh, you know, uh, play, uh, a little bit and, and sometimes over exaggerate and, uh, and all that love, love him to death. But like he is, his own best hype man, basically. Uh, so, so it would be interesting uh, to see if we we do that. But that, but like I said, I think it's going to be somewhere else and not its, its own thing. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have any other thoughts on the zombie episode before we go into episode six? It's been a rough year for Sharon. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. it. That's all I had. Is that that's no notes? <laughs> I was like, dang, she just did. She just can't get right. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I do want I want them to sell the T-shirt that Happy's wearing in like the little instructional video, because like that just feels like merchandise that just needs to exist. Otherwise, people are just going to get puff paint and just make their own. And that's just going to be all over conventions. Like I'm excited for like the Marvel Zombies group cosplays. I feel like those are inevitable at this point. Ooh, yeah, like that'll be just so much fun. Um, and then. All right. So we'll go into episode six, which was this week. It was kind of the what if Killmonger saved Iron Man sort of scenario. Um, but I guess we should all just share our reactions to it. Since 
since it is a wildly different episode in and of itself. Jamie, since you're at the top, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I, but I, but Killmonger's such a great character. So just getting to see so much more of him, and wow, he's just as hot in animated form. So I wasn't mad about <laughs> watching that. Um, give me more of that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this is fine. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's you know, there are a lot of people who you know we've got like in a similar like the Magneto was right, the Killmonger is right. So it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to see him like you know win a little. Um, but and I was trying to do the math of how old is Sherry supposed to be? Uh, eight know. years before Black Panther, is she like thirteen? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like I was really hung up on that. Um, but there were cool moments. The like the battle was neat. Uh, it was you know it, I liked that it was the like most different um, from the other things, and it was fun to see uh, Don Cheadle in the Iron Man one. Just similar how we got Mark Ruffalo and like the an Incredible Hulk kind of thing. I enjoyed that aspect. Um, I, would I watch it again? No, I would I unless um, unless somebody was like, here's a photo of of animated Killmonger to, to <laughs> hang up in your room. <laughs> I agree, though, with Shuri's age and, like, all of just the timeline of it all. I kind of stopped at a moment. I was like, how old is everyone supposed to be? Because they look exactly the same as they did in, like, 2018 Black Panther. And it's like, isn't this almost a decade before outside of Shuri being, like, much younger? So that was just kind of a weird thing I had to, like, hand wave and ignore. So, Aaron, But also, like, T'Challa oh, wasn't yeah. Black Panther at that point? Right? Thank you. I was. I said the same thing to my boyfriend, and we kind of weren't entirely sure. Because I was like, I, I thought when Panther showed up that it was going to be T'Chaka, and that that was going to be where that storyline was going to go but it's like oh okay we're going to get into just T'Challa which like we'll talk about that in a sec because like that is a huge part of this episode but that was just kind of an interesting choice too um if I may interject some levity on behalf of my brethren you stay the same you stay the same. You don't age. You stay the same. It's fine. No one knows except for Shuri, who's a child for some reason. Uh, it, it's so I really think it's interesting because they're uh, like Jamie's right. I looked at this through the lens of Jesus Christ. All those people who were like, yo, Killmonger had a point and it just my blood pressure spiking constantly where I'm like, does he really like come on, guys? Like probably my most gratifying part of the episode is Claw still dying. I was like, here we go. At least if that happened, we're still we still straight. We're good. I was sad about, of course, the child dying, and also like a weirdly like, oh man, like it completely and utterly subverts all the parts of Iron Man one, and like just completely sets that all on its head and an amazing pump fake in that trailer yesterday for the second half of the season where Iron Man does the snap and everybody thinks it's going to be, is he going to snap away the zombies at the end? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? No, it's a throwaway thing in the first eight minutes of this. <laughs> yeah, we'd never talk about it again. Um, but it does, I think it is probably the most different where it captures a lot of the tone of that whole like what if comic book thing. Yep. During like the original run where a lot of them do have weird downer endings or just strange endings where you're like, where did that come from? Um, but it was enjoyable. Michael B. Jordan just seething for a whole 45 minutes is like, yeah, you're, you're going to get some mileage out of that. It's going to be good. So, yeah, I liked it. Cool. Jim, what about you? My biggest issue with with this episode, it's, a, it's an issue I have with the series is that I feel like the episodes are are like paced all over the place, right? This what if scenario and this episode in particular, you could have broken up into three episodes and had been a really, really cool story. Uh, I think like there are so, so many cool things that they introduce here that I, that either given the time constraints or what they needed to do, like just none of it, I feel gets any real, real justice like this whole instance, like I said, could be three episodes and I'd be all, and I'd be all in and about it. And I almost wonder if what if the, what if season was more, uh, what if scenarios that weren't just one-offs, but maybe like two offs, because I think that's, that's one of the, the things where like they introduce so many different concepts that you're supposed to just like roll with because it's what if, and who cares. But like in some of these episodes, you, you see, and, and look, and it's a, and I think the, the central one here is T'Challa, which we'll talk about, like show you like the, the character, uh, like the characters are the characters, right? Like no matter what, like you, you put T'Challa in uh, the guardians of the galaxy, you know, scenario. And like, 
T'Challa as a character is going to have that effect on people and whatever, no matter where or what he is. And you, that rings true again here in, uh, in, in today's episode. And I feel like, you know, you get the same thing, you know, to an extent with, with Tony Stark, um, and some of the other characters. And so like, like I said, to me, it, the, the pacing of the, these, these episodes are, are really weird. This one is probably one of my, one of my favorites just because it, of the way it happens to not just linger on one movie, but connect to, to another one and just kind of like really play with it, uh, play with it in, in that manner. Um, but, uh, but I will say that the, and this is no knock on the guy who's doing it cause he's just doing a job, but like the Iron Man, the Tony Stark voice actor was a, was a bit, dis- was a bit distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that, that's, you know, that, that comes with these things. I think we've, we've grown up with Robert Downey Jr. for so long that it's, it's hard to, uh, uh capture that. But, um, but anyway, that's, that was kind of my, my thoughts there. Yeah, I agree with the Tony of it all. I feel like this is the episode that ha- has had the most sound alikes thus far because it was like going through the credits in the episode. It was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people who because like even like fake Pepper. It was like the second that she started talking. It's like, oh, yeah, we couldn't get Gwyneth to do this episode. Yeah. Of course not. She doesn't even remember that she's in the MCU half the time. So why would she do this? Um, like, no, she's selling them candles. An episode of what if? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You could tell her that she did it and she probably would believe it. Um, but like I like fake Tony Stark is very distracting to me he has been ever since that trailer came out because it's it's just one of those things like again no knock on the guy who's doing it i get that you have to kind of do your best robert downey yeah. Jr. impression but we are so used to that voice that i think it is kind of weird hearing this kind of like knockoff version um but yeah i i agree with what everybody has said i especially i'm like what jim said about pacing feels so accurate because i was trying to figure out what this episode like why this episode sat a little weirdly with me and it was because so much had been packed into 30 minutes in a way that was like oh we're really kind of jumping around here in between all of these different elements and you almost could linger on them more and i had to keep checking the timeline to see if the episode was ending already it could have ended at three different points in this episode yeah and it's just interesting going from like captain carter like the captain carter episode which like as we said when it came out was good but it felt a little stretched thin in its concept and just kind of retreading the same bits from cap one and then to go to this where it's like oh you're referencing like scenes from six different movies and all of this new stuff and all of these different character dynamics and then we have gundams now and it was like all of these elements that could have been further explored but like i liked killmonger's arc in this episode i felt like every 30 seconds i had out like am i rooting for you or am i like supposed to be villainizing you like it was very much the was killmonger right sort of crowd um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's an interesting episode. It does feel like a comic in the way of how much it packs in. It's just weird when you translate that to TV. Um, but I did want to bring up kind of the Gundam and anime aspects as well, because I know for people who are familiar with Michael B. Jordan and kind of his perception on the internet, he is a huge anime fan. Like there's the one interview where he flat out says like, I love anime. And he just starts like quoting different animes and stuff. So I think it's just really cool that they brought that aspect in. And like, I was curious, everybody's reaction to the big Gundam suits, because that feels like something that is so weird in the MCU, but like in a fascinating way. It's I mean, funny because they- I'm not... Like I'm not like an anime fan, but I'm a Michael B. Jordan fan. So when he said that, I literally like turned to my friend and I was like, Michael B. Jordan likes anime. <laughs> That's the thing. So I enjoyed like that aspect of it. Um, it's funny too because like it did really feel like one of the weirder like Dragon Ball Heroes style things, like Elseworld <laughs> stories they do in that. And I sat there and I'm like, this is playing out like a story where Vegeta is the one who has to protect Earth, and then when you need Goku to be there, he's not going to be there. And that's like what T'Challa tells him at the end. And I thought that was really thematic with his armor that looks exactly like the Saiyan armor. It was very, mm-hmm. very funny, very interesting. Yeah. I think, but I think also too. I don't. I don't know if the robot designs were too drastically different from the bots that we got in Iron Man Two, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that they they just added a bit more wing flare uh, mm-hmm. to them, a lot more pointed edges. Uh, but uh, but that was always. But I mean, like, I thought that was uh, that was a bit fun from just from a design standpoint, and just to see them all like th- that that scene where just all the red lights start to line up when they're right outside Wakanda. Like that was a that's a cool that was a cool moment. Mm-hmm. 
And like just the third act battle of just seeing the Dora all fight the robots was just so like, that was the kind of thing where it was like all of the weird narrative, like beats and pacing in this episode was worth it to get to that battle because it was just so cool and so well executed. Aaron, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, does Justin Hammer not exist in this universe? Like, does he not? <laughs> like, I, I had that question as soon as I saw like the head on the bots, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's different about this universe. There's a lot of stuff going on, but that looks real <laughs> familiar. Uh, Give me more Sam Rockwell, please. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he has to come back for Armor Wars. Like, I feel like that has to be, if you ever bring him back at all, just let him chew the scenery in Armor Wars. Like, that just feels like a no-brainer. And then, yeah, I want to talk about the T'Challa stuff, because obviously he he is a big part of this episode, even as he is only in it for a small amount of time. Um, It feels like the episode that the, like all of the appearances that he's had in the show have hit differently. um, But this one felt especially so like that, I think also contributed to the weird tone that I felt watching the episode. Cause I was like, Oh God, I'm not emotionally prepared to deal with T'Challa in this sort of way. So I was curious what everybody else's thoughts were on that. (sighs) Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> you, um, you, you heavy side first. Yeah, uh, it's it's always going to be weird. It's just always yep. going to be weird. And these are the last couple of moments, right? I think we might get one more right with mm-hmm. him in it, but especially yeah. like ancestral realm stuff, where it's like a mirror of him talking to his father in Black Panther. Especially hits a little bit different on the ear now where he's talking about you know power and human suffering and like you will get yours whether it's in your realm or the next and i'll be here waiting for you um is very very like oof boy weird yeah. to hear also just him talking to roadie like you know where he's like you're not my enemy like you know i we both have a common enemy or whatever and then him just getting gunned down before you even do anything like it's really funny because now whenever I watch anything and you have any inkling he's going to show up, you wait for that drum, those drums to like drop. Yeah. And as soon as I heard the little, t- I was like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, emotion, emotional shield up. We got to be strong. We can't be sad about it. So um, I we just relish any time left you have with any of his performances, you know? Yep. I will say as from a from a character beat him just put like basically putting Killmonger on notice like that being like he goes yeah you may have gotten this one but like you're, you're gonna get it boy like that's <laughs> it was a uh, was a really cool um, you know just like kind of f you but like <laughs> but like but him just being like I'm not worried like like it's it, it'll uh, it'll co- it'll come for you kind of thing was a just a very T'Challa thing to to kind of say to kind of say and do and so that uh, you know when you then then you layer in just like you know all of our emotions in on it just make it hit so much harder. Mm-hmm. Jamie, I think you were going to say something. Oh, yeah, it's just you know I didn't initially realize that he was going to be in so many episodes and so like each time because mm-hmm. I, I I haven't watched all the trailers for What If and and each time he pops up it's like oh oh god yes yes we have more but then like he died so quickly in this one and it was just like oh this is uncomfortable and weird and sad, but I was really happy that he came back in the end. Um, Cause it, it, it was a nice fitting thing, but it also feels weird to me. Like the, him becoming star Lord episode was so focused on him that it almost feels like they should have saved it for the end for him. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see if it like, like Aaron said, if we're going to get one more. Um, and I hope so. Mm-hmm. And then the episode ends in kind of an interesting way because we have Shuri and Pepper teaming up and agreeing to take on Killmonger. I know the mid-season trailer that was released like a day or two ago showed them again in a scene that wasn't in this episode. Like they were holding like big guns and going towards something. So that seems to indicate that the storyline's going to continue. It seems like we might get like them involved in whatever all of the universe is colliding kind of is. So I was curious to like y'all's thoughts on that of the idea of that this story isn't over. Well, I sure would hope so. It ended so abruptly. I had to rewind it plus two times. <laughs> like, I, but no, but like when she's like, "Well, we'll we'll team up," and I was like, and then I heard the like ending music. I was like, "Wait a second, did I miss?" Like, I was pouring coffee. Like, did I not? I zone out. Like, what happened? So I hope so. You know. I, but, was, I, I saw the photo of them with the guns not realizing it was in that trailer like I saw it pop up in my feed and I go I didn't see that and I went to go back <laughs> to go see if I missed something or just like or like just blacked out for a second in uh, at the end of the episode mm-hmm. no it just wasn't there I mean look I, I think that's one of the, the big that's been one of the biggest questions so far about this show when is it going to 
when are when is it going to collide? When is it going to connect? And when is it going to give us the path forward, basically, right? And not that this show has to, but it's been sure as hell late enough beats for them for them not to for not 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 to, right? And so. I think, you know, with the trailer yesterday and we know we're getting like that Guardians of the Multiverse kind of, you know, thing set up. And so be interesting to see, like, if there's a, an instance where they just, you know, get plucked. Is it a thing where, like, maybe the Watcher does get involved and like it start and, and pulls they you know, pulls them out to for for a reason like it be, and then have it become more exiles than anything else. Right. Like uh, it, it needs to. Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in agreement there. It's like we've, we've seen so much in the trailers of everyone joining forces that, like, I'm just curious to see, like, when we get to that point, like, what it's going to look like. Like, I think it will be satisfying after we've spent so long in all of these other universes. But, like, it'll just be, cur- like, interesting to see what it all builds towards. Um, but, yeah, does anybody else have any other comments on episode six? I think the, as far as episodes to go, we know we've got the, you know, the guardians of the multiverse stuff and, but there's only three episodes left, right? Yeah. This was six and there's nine total. Yep. So, um, I don't, are there other ones that we've seen sneak, sneak peeks of? I know we, like we're getting party Thor and then, Oh, right. We still haven't gotten the, the, the yeah. Thor one. And we? then there's the Gamora as like daughter of Thanos where she's like in the big right. golden armor. So it's like, I don't know if those are going to be individual episodes or if it's just going to be something that enters the fold. Like once we get to the finale, but like, I don't know. Those, those are at least are things that we haven't seen yet. Well, and then there's also the, that, that where's that big, there's that, that blink and you miss it kind of moment in the trailer yesterday where you've got evil Dr. Strange standing next to Thor. Yeah. And so like, is that a continuation of from the Dr. Strange story or like, where, where's that coming into play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, oh, <laughs> Jamie, you good? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, no. And there's those people saying that there's also an Ultron. There's an uh, there's yeah, Ultron true. stuff yeah. too. I'm I'm half expecting that to be the finale of like everybody has to join forces to stop this like post-apocalyptic Ultron scenario. Like that's kind of my theory, but I, I would like to be proven right or wrong. Like either way, it's gonna be interesting to see. So um but yeah, with, so that's with it. With my for luck, her. there will be no James Spader. <laughs> I know you, you've wanted him to show up since like WandaVision. Like, this was the best opportunity. Back. What is James Spader doing? He, there's no way he is that expensive that you can't get James Spader back for an Ultron episode of what if mm-hmm. they had freaking no, they had Jarvis voice the, the robots in another episode. Like what in the <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> wow I, I will just say like before we wrap it up I am excited for like a potential like season two and getting into movies where the cast can actually like all come back for their what if episode because like the number of sound alikes in this episode it was like oh yeah we're, we're dealing with like Iron Man being a movie that is almost like 15 years old at this point so yeah. it's like of course this cast isn't necessarily all going to return and do an animated thing but like once we get into like the later phase three and like early phase four entries I think it'll be cool to see like more of the voice actors actually resemble the cast like i think that'll be kind of cool so um on that note with everybody in the chat calling out jim on his language um, (laughs) i'm sorry yeah i know gosh um the show makes me mad (laughs) (laughs) that's just a sign that you care that's just a sign that yeah we're we're all just very passionate here (laughs) um but yeah does anybody else have any other thoughts to add either about what if or just whatever marvel related thing this week or not marvel just anything else to add malignant's great cool <laughs> we've, got, have, we've, we've got we've got venom coming up too so like mm-hmm. that's gonna be that'll be an, an interesting one to, to talk about definitely on the show because yeah. it's i'm sure <laughs> everyone's gonna have opinions uh-huh does, does anybody they, oh, oh i was gonna ask does anybody believe poor poor andrew garfield this press tour he's on is just constantly included that in the rundown, but I was like, how many weeks can we talk about him saying that he's not in this movie and just like bold face probably lying? Man, like, I almost <laughs> I really don't want him in this movie right now. Just <laughs> just so just so Garfield can feel vindicated in in the bit, the ongoing bit that he's doing right now, being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> so I'd like to formally request 
a December 18th off in the morning, just in case <laughs> he's not in the movie. Cause I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to write up. Like, that would be Marvel the fans are upset. slideshow though. That would be so easy to write. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want no parts. That poor man. Like he's going to, he's just going to continuously be asked about this from now until December. And I, I, I feel bad. Um, but yeah, so that's this week's phase zero. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us. I think this ended up being a really fun episode. Um, does anybody have anything to plug? I'll let Jim go first. Cause he's at the top of the, no, I got, I got nothing to plug. If you want uh, more of my madness, just follow me at Jim Biscardi. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I have another podcast, Hollywood Already Did It, where we're taking what if uh, episodes and pairing them with like old non MCU Marvel properties. Like we've done the 1970s Captain America, we've done Blade, which I'd never seen Blade two, and that movie rules so oh. hard. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, so uh, you can check that out on my on my socials if you want more me talking about what if. <laughs> um. Hey guys, uh, I'm at Summit Lake Hornet on Twitter. Um, just love doing the show. Thank you all again for watching the Shang-Chi interview. It was so cool to be even a part of that a little bit. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I don't think we have anything else. Just keep a lookout. Something something always happens after the show. There's a post-credit scene of some sort. Go ahead and tag me in that because it's going to happen in like 15 minutes. Like they'll announce like, oh, Miss Marvel's coming out in December 15th. And I'll be I like, will say, oh, no, uh, a, a bit of a thing that happened today, but apparently Anthony Mackie is going to is leading uh, the Twisted Metal series TV series Ooh. and so cool. I am all about that because I <laughs> love Twisted Metal and that is the best thing ever. That's so awesome. I missed it out. Anyway. Poor Jim was here. He couldn't write it up, man. No, it was sad. That's awesome. And then yeah, you can find me on Twitter at HeyAdrenaline. You can find Brandon Davis who was in the chat. It seems like he was he was interacting with people a little bit there because um, he, he can't stay away for a full week but I hope he gets to enjoy the rest of his vacation. Um, you can find him at Brandon Davis BD. Um, yeah, you can Co find the show. Oh, go Kofi, ahead. Kofi Outlaws in the chat. And I got to yeah. give comic book nation a plug on Friday, yeah. uh, rep repping, uh, comic book nation for, uh, for today. So, they, so there you go. Check that out. Well, I'm sure Kofi's going to talk about malignant. So, uh, <laughs> so there's, there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of fun there, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jenna. No, Close go ahead. Um, but yeah, follow the show at phase zero CB, find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, whatever else. Um, and leave us a, a review on iTunes. If you feel inclined to do so, I know I, I was looking at a couple the other day and they were really nice, which is always just great to see. So yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this was a really fun one and go read some comics. It's Wednesday. Go do it. Yep. See you.